Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Living Change podcast. And I'm sorry it's so late. I did have plans to make these more frequent, but life will keep on getting in the way of plans. As you'll know if you've listened before, I spent these talks having conversations with Yi about subjects that I hope are of general interest. Not predictions, but advice and insight we can actually use. I always, always really welcome suggestions for new topics. This time, I'm asking Yi about how we can stay energetic. This is a question Karen suggested, and I can definitely relate. As she described it, it's about staying connected to your flow of energy for daily projects. How can we stay connected to an effortless energy? That's as opposed to procrastinating, getting bored, feeling restless, creeping fatigue, seeking distraction. The kind of mood that sends me to check my email again. And again. And again. So I asked. Yi. How can we stay in a flow of energy? Yi answers with hexagram 42, increase or blessing, moving to hexagram 8, seeking union. So, we need to increase and seek union. The first thing I do with a reading is always to look at how the two hexagrams relate. Increase and seeking union. Take your blessings and look for where they belong. Pour more into where you belong. Get more involved. Increase the flow of seeking and finding the place and relationships where you belong. The oracle for hexagram 42, increase or blessing, says, Blessing, fruitful to have a direction to go, fruitful to cross the great river. It's about being blessed and the right response to blessing. Not sitting round like lotus eaters, but being on the move and creating something worthwhile. Have a direction to go. Cross the great river. Have a destination in mind. Explore the ways of getting there. Choose a path and get underway. Make commitments. Take risks. That's how to respond to blessing and increase. Make the most of it. Translate what you're given into momentum. It's also a very simple answer to how to stay in a flow of energy. Move and keep moving. Go purposefully and go further. The flow of energy continues as long as we're moving purposefully. That's a huge theme for Hexagram 42, the importance of the constant flow. The Great Treatise says, Increase. Enriching day. Increase, enduring enrichment, not establishing anything. Increase by means of the rising harvest. Day is something like personal strength of character. Very much what's needed to stay in that energetic flow and not check the email again. Day is enriched by increase. And enduring enrichment means not establishing anything. I think that's how you position yourself to ensure that whatever life presents you with comes as enrichment, not as obstacles, not as distractions. And you get the same theme in the commentary on the judgment, where it says, Increase stirs things to action, and is their gentle support. 
going forward in the day without limit. Heaven expands, earth gives birth. Your increase has no limits. Without limit, no limits, not establishing anything. This is not sounding like establishing a regular routine and holding yourself to it no matter what, is it? And that makes sense, since you'd need to change every single line of hexagram 42 to reach 32, persevering, which is about living in enduring patterns. The image casts some more light on this. Wind and thunder increase. The noble one sees improvement, and so she changes. Where there is excess, she corrects it. Again, it's not about sticking to it no matter what. This is more of a Kaizen approach, the method of continuous improvement. To maintain your energy, keep on with the tiny improvements and small corrections wherever you see the possibility. Another thing I think this means? Not tolerating stuff. Not putting up with things. We tend to put up with a lot of things that could be better. The desk that could be tidier, or the relationship that could be better, or the eating habits that could be healthier. And it's possible to put up with a lot of things, but each one drains away just a little more energy, creates just a little more friction, and makes it just a little harder to keep the momentum going. The trigrams here show thunder on the inside. Thunder's the trigram that sets things in motion, and on the inside it suggests the spark of personal initiative and drive. Then there's the trigram wind on the outside, spreading the influence of that inner spark outward as gentle ripples of change. It's not necessarily a grand campaign, this. It doesn't actually say the noble one has a vision of perfection in mind and strives towards it. Just that when she sees something that can be better, she changes. Moving on to the changing lines. Line 1. Fruitful when you apply this to make great beginnings. From the source, good fortune, no mistake. I especially like Lisa's commentary on this one. If you can do, then do. A cheetah can run, so he is a great runner. Birds have wings, so they are great flyers. You are full of abilities. Use them as best you can. That really sums it up. This is the beginning of blessing. Beginning, being active, using what you have. The Chinese for great beginnings also means great works, or a great creation, like a work of literature or music. Okay, so we can't all write symphonies, but maybe the idea is to become the artist and author, here at the outset. Then there is good fortune from the source. It's interesting how we need the reassurance here that it's not just good fortune, but also no mistake. It's as if getting going is the hardest part. You know, like the space shuttle that uses almost all its fuel just getting into orbit. Fruitful, great beginnings, source, good fortune, no mistake. Here's Yi filling up the fuel tanks. Also, I think that word great is important. This is specifically about beginning big things, and aiming to do as much as you can. If you're a cheater, or even if you might be a cheater, don't aim for a leisurely trot. 
modest, manageable, sensible goals are really not much of a motivator. They don't get the energy flowing. And then, right at the other end of the hexagram, there's line six. One of those here's what not to do lines. Absolutely no blessing for this one. Maybe someone strikes her. To order your heart without perseverance. Pitfall. Here's how to have no blessing. That is, here's how to have no lasting flow of energy. And it's worse than just being bored and restless. Maybe someone strikes her. Why would this happen? It's the misfortune of ordering your heart without perseverance, or establishing your heart without steadiness. What's missing here is a willingness to hold to enduring patterns, and hence to honour the agreements that hold people together. This one's gone too far in observing the constant flow without establishing anything. So far she's got out of balance. Now she's just following enthusiasms and things that feel right, but without scruples, without authenticity, without real connection to the people around her. Hence she attracts hostility and gets nowhere. And isn't it interesting that Yi chooses this line to talk about how we lose energy? Someone at this line might still be quite active and enthusiastic, but this is the distracted, restless kind of activity. In some important sense, she's lost touch. Finally, to set all this in context, there's the relating hexagram. Eight, seeking union. The primary hexagram, 42, is an immediate answer to how to stay energetic, how to work with and tap into a flow of energy. But for there to be a flow, it has to be going somewhere, and 42 says as much it's fruitful to have a direction to go. I think in this reading, this relating hexagram is talking about the direction, the seeking, the quest even. So to stay energetic, increase and pour more into your quest for union. Okay, what's a quest for union? Well, the Chinese character for this just shows two people walking together. And that's really it, looking for people to walk with. We're going back to the theme from line six. The energy we're looking for to get things done doesn't just spring into being in isolation. It's part of relationships. You've probably had that experience of working with a like-minded partner who shares your goals. I hope you have. It's an extraordinary thing how your momentum increases. This isn't just about working with people generally. It's specifically about those who walk with you in the same direction. That is, finding a natural affinity. Energy and flow is something that arises in relationships that flow. Seeking Union has strong connections with you the Great, the Flood Hero. Not while he was working to subdue the floods, but afterwards. When he'd succeeded and made the land safe to farm, he called a gathering of lords and spirits on a mountaintop, and he founded the Xia dynasty. So the story goes. This is the hexagram of building a new world, and worlds are made of relationships. It's about where you belong, your natural affinities, creating a harmonious life. The oracle says, 
seeking union, good fortune, retracing the oracle consultation to its source, fundamental, ever-flowing constancy, not a mistake, not at rest, coming on all sides, for the late-comer, pitfall. So if you take just the first and last lines of this, you get seeking union, good fortune, for the latecomer, pitfall. The latecomer is part of the story of you. There was a demon Fang Feng who hesitated and came late to the gathering, and you had him executed. For some reason, I imagine Fang as the non-committal demon. Should I show up for this you character and get involved? Hmm, I don't know. Maybe... not sure. Oh well. Might as well. There's nothing much on TV. Okay, that's not a strictly scholarly angle on the hexagram, but I think it's in the spirit of the thing. To seek union is good fortune. Being the latecomer really isn't. It's important to be committed to having a place where you belong, and to being involved in creating and building the world. Don't hesitate and hold back. Commitment and the desire to be involved is a source of energy in itself. Then it talks of going back to the source of the Oracle Consultation. There are a bunch of ways to interpret that, but I find it most helpful to be quite literal and ask, where did this Oracle Consultation come from? Well, it comes from wanting energy and not wanting the experience of being distracted and restless and tired and finding it hard to concentrate. Why not? Why is that important, being able to concentrate? Now, normally I do this exercise of why is that important just for myself, or I encourage clients to do it just for themselves. Obviously everyone will have their own answer to these questions. Thinking about it for myself, I find the ultimate reason why this is important to me isn't about getting things done at all. It's about how I feel in my own skin. Content with myself, or not. So that's my source of the Oracle Consultation. And I don't think I'm the only one. I don't think wanting to experience a flow of energy is really about a passionate interest in the things that need doing, or even about getting to some future state where everything's done. It's more to do with how we feel now, Restless and wishing we were somewhere else? Or purposeful, energetic, fully alive and engaged? And that comes down to being present and being at home. Going back to the source like this is not a mistake. Not even when we're in a hurry to seek union, under pressure from those not at rest coming on all sides, and we really don't want to be the latecomer. I suppose going back to the source is actually a sign of commitment to the present moment. So this is also an approach we can use to maintain that energy and engagement in what we're doing. How did I get here again? Why am I doing this? Because the momentum to keep going and stay engaged comes all the way from that source, and if that gets disconnected and you lose the flow, you end up with stagnant little ponds of boredom that attract buzzing mosquito mind. Okay, where was I? Not a mistake. Not at rest, coming on all sides. 
well, there's the restlessness and a sense of being under pressure beset on all sides. This is the line that also means not at rest Fang comes, that non-committal spirit who's the latecomer who meets with misfortune. The Chinese character for at rest is made of a house, a heart, and a cup. It means being tranquil, finding rest, being at home. So if Fang is restless, then it's about not being sure where to be, where to belong. So energy, not the same thing as restlessness, has to do with that tranquility of being at home, and with flowing from the source, and with seeking union, with relationships guided by affinity. That stands in contrast to hexagram 7, the army, the paired hexagram. Actually, you might almost have expected to see hexagram 7 in this reading instead of 8. The army is about focus, discipline, taking responsibility, firm leadership. When I receive this one about work, for instance, the message I hear is, focus on the goal, get your act together, and do what it takes. The army can mean making sacrifices for the sake of getting to the goal. The ends are more important than the means. But we didn't get hexagram 7. We got the other side of the coin. Maybe the idea is that anyone who could ask this question already has the campaign objective in mind. They're already doing the work of the army, trying to get organised and be responsible. And we do need all that to make seeking union possible. Then hexagram 8 follows from there. The army gathers great crowds, builds up reserves of power, and then the sequence says crowds necessarily have occasion to seek union. The reserves, the concentration of energy, it needs to be seeking union to give it direction. There's also the contrast, which says that seeking union means delight, the army means grieving. Armies leave a trail of destruction and loss behind them. It can't be helped, it's what they do. And metaphorical armies do, too. The army isn't flow, it isn't effortless energy. It's just having the determination to keep going, despite obstacles, and overcome whatever gets in the way. But seeking union means delight. It's a very different guiding principle. It's not about reaching the goal, no matter what. It's about the joy of what flows naturally in the present moment. That's the picture painted by the trigrams, the streams flowing over the earth, following its contours, finding their way together. Water naturally flows together, from tiny tributaries into great rivers. And how's that for a picture of momentum? If the first little rivulet bubbled up from the ground, saying, Right, got to get to the sea, I'm not deviating one inch right or left from my course till I get there, then, of course, it would dry up in no time. But it flows and seeks union, and so there are rivers. The image shows that the ancient kings had got the idea. Above earth is the stream, seeking union. The ancient kings founded countless cities to connect the feudal lords. The kings knew the importance of relationships, the feudal lords that expanded their reach and resources, 
creating a network that extended across the whole realm. Interestingly, they didn't just set up feudal lords. They founded cities to keep good connections with them. They did the work to look after the relationships. Which reminds me, I should finish this podcast and get it published. How can we stay connected to a flow of energy? By increase and seeking union. By staying fluid, pouring more into the quest for union, to relationships of harmony and belonging. And we can do that by starting powerfully on the big things and by steady authenticity in relationships. Well, thank you for listening. I'd be really interested to hear what you think of this one. Please just post your comments to my blog. It's at onlineclarity.com forward slash podcast. That's O-N-L-I-N-E-C-L-A-R-I-T-Y dot com forward slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T.